Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to El Tell and John's La Liga weekly podcast, a brand new podcast in no way connected to any other weekly La Liga podcast that Terry and I might have presented in the past. In our revolutionary new show, we'll meet up weekly and talk about La Liga with razor-sharp analysis such as, isn't that messy guy good? If you've been wondering where we've been all season, then keep listening for this week's special feature. Two old men sit around and moan about how the world works. In short, we're broken. We're going to be pestering you for small change, but not with an out-of-tune guitar, but with a Patreon page. What's that you say? We can't wait, John. Please let us sign up. <laughs> anyway, once he'd heard that Kevin Prince Boateng had signed for Barcelona, Terry said it was time to get going. For me, I couldn't miss the opportunity to chart the exact moment when the very last flicker of light fades from Alvaro Morata's eyes. You signed for Atletico, mate, and you know what's coming. So today we're offering a very special La Liga 2018-19 catch-up service to the technophobes who simply can't be bothered to watch football on something the size of their hand. Ryan Giggs, the Welsh manager, for example. Fair point, Ryan. No matter how bad Gareth Bale gets, you're not going to drop him and get Hal robson Carnu back in. So basically, Barca were iffy, but only for about a fortnight. Real Madrid are still iffy, but they're also still in the Champions League. So let's work on the assumption that we'll have 14 own goals in their favour between now and May and be the European champions again by the time they go on holiday. Uh, Atleti have won 1-0 a lot. You won't know half of the severe players. And every time you watch Betis, you'll desperately try to convince yourself that it's really fun. And stay tuned as we critique Antonio Mohamed's entire La Liga coaching career. We've set aside 30 seconds. Terry Gibson hasn't changed the best English language analyst of La Liga. <laughs> Terry, it's been a fun season so far, although we have missed half of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, uh, bear with us. We'll, 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 everybody will catch up to speed. But no, it has been what I would regard as one of the most interesting La Liga seasons for some time because there's this... We think there still is a, a title race on. Yeah. Just, with Atletico Madrid in particular. Um, familiar stories from Real Madrid where they're putting all their hopes into that seven-game season that, that leads them to be the most successful club side in the world. Um, but the, when you look further down the table, there's some pleasant surprises that we've seen this season. And it's quite astonishing when you look at, I think it's Real Sociedad, our ninth position, 27 points. They're four points from Europe and seven points above relegation. And it's been some while yet since we, since we had... A relegation battle. Um, we've had a number of seasons where teams have been dead and buried long before the end of the season, but it's not going to be the case this season, apart from maybe Huesca. Uh, we are running, ladies and gentlemen, a live poll. Now, live is, is a relative term in podcasts because obviously you're listening to this at some point <laughs> and we're probably in bed. Uh, but while we're actually recording it, we've put out a poll on our new La Liga t- uh, weekly uh, Twitter account, which we'd like you to follow uh, for the player of the week. So I think we'll do this every week. We'll have a player of the week. We might stick other ones on as we think of them as well. Any ideas, feel free to, to join in. Anything you want to, to, to poll the audience about. So the four this week, Terry, we've gone Benzema... Messi and Nezri Cherishev. I, I had second thoughts about Messi because the trouble with Messi, he, 
almost literally every week. Yeah, you put him in. I know. It's slightly unfair on Lionel Messi, <laughs> of course. Um, no, but he's he's it's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think in Nesri in particular, two goals. Um, Leganes were two goals down at home to Abar, and a good comeback from a team that are really hard to beat at the moment. Showed all their spirit there, and he's a young striker that's making his way in the game now with Leganes. Um, wasn't convinced, but in his time at Malaga. Leganes spent, I think, about €5 million Euros on him, which is an absolute fortune for a club of that size. But it looks like it's money well spent and, and appears to be a really good investment for Leganes. So he's, hence the reason, he's on it. Benzema, of course, a couple of goals. The big players for Real Madrid seem to be playing better now. The big experienced players, the big names, and so that's helping them. Messi, of course, and we put Cherry Chef on because of the, the quirk this week that he's on loan at Valencia from Villarreal was allowed to play against troubled VRL and scored a goal. So uh, that just about sums up VRL season. Couldn't decide whether to celebrate so far. or not either, could he, in the, in the, in the classic style of the, the player who scores he against He's one of those club. players as well. It's always confusing where what club he's at and where he's on loan from, <laughs> or is it a permanent move? And he's bounced around between those two clubs. So possibly people are not, not realising that he is... Let me get this right. He's on loan at Valencia from Villarreal, having played previously played for Valencia and previously played for Villarreal. So it's a strange one, but uh, he's on the list for a, a fine goal this week against these parent club. Now the the feedback we've had has been very nice indeed. So thank you to that for everybody who's got in touch with uh, with us via our personal Twitter accounts and the the new uh, La Liga Weekly one. It's not called La Liga Weekly by the way because Sky still own that and there might one day uh, be uh, Spanish football on Sky again. Who knows? They, they haven't given up on that forever. We'll get into all of that later because we want to talk about uh, the football teams in La Liga which exactly. will be good so the feedback that we've had is that people like the idea that we've always when we did our show for Sky that we that we talked about all of the teams however um, simple numbers tell us that it's Barcelona and Real Madrid that have the most fans and the most fans around the world so that's where we'll we'll start we'll start at the top of the league shall we Craig was the first person to send us a question uh, what constitutes a good season for FCB the signings seem like squad overhaul for next season do we need to do anything more than the league this year Champions League is a must because of Real Madrid's dominance in recent seasons a uh, couple of people are asking actually we'll get to individuals later but Hamsi is Valverde right to focus on the Champions League over the, the Copa del Rey, for example, because they, they put out it wasn't a terrible team uh, against Sevilla no, and the Copa it's del been Rey. A, what he's been doing has been putting out that sort of team for the first leagues and clawing yeah. back, back the deficit in the second league. It certainly wouldn't be a surprise if they do that again against Sevilla, who do seem to struggle when they play away from home against Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. So that tie is still in the balance. Huge advantage for Sevilla, but I fully expect Barcelona's strongest eleven to play in the second leg, including Messi, of course, who didn't even travel to Sevilla for the first leg. Uh, so, how are Barca? Their their fans, some of their fans would tell you, terrible. But incredible. They're, 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 they're incredible. They're really not. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, I'm a Spurs fan, so it's been a great week, and all you do here is Barcelona supporters and Real Madrid supporters moaning that they're, you know, not in a position this at this stage of the year to do all that they want, yet both teams seem to accomplish so much in recent seasons, so there shouldn't be too much to complain about if you're, in particular at this stage of the season, a Barcelona fan. Yeah, uh, only had fifty thousand against Leganes. They, it's just, it, it's not, it's only not very good if you compare it to the Pep Guardiola unbelievable side, yeah. the, the 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 treble winning, the second half of that treble winning season actually under Luis Enrique, just because they hit such heights, and you watch this team. There are one or two individuals who are labouring within it, 
but I mean, generally they're excellent. They're, they've they're, won they're... seven out of the last ten titles. Yeah, and they're very and they've strong. They've won their fair share of Champions Leagues in the last decade. Yeah, it's just the fact that the Champions League they've been overshadowed by Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, but Real Madrid in that time, in that decade, the 10 titles we're talking about there have, have won two of them. Atletico Madrid have won the other one. So it's been it's been a period of massive domination by Barcelona domestically. But the the big game is, is the one at the end of the season, is it? The glamour game, the Real Madrid, the Hollywood game, the ones that they win, Champions League finals. That's the one people go away in the summer and remember and then look back and criticise Barcelona. I think they lost three games last season in all competitions. One of those was Espanyol in the Cup. So they clawed back the mm. second leg. They lost Levante in the league right towards the end of the season and Roma. Yeah, but that was the killer, wasn't it? That's the killer. Um, so it's a decision to be made. I think the signings are, are doing okay again this this season. The new ones, you can see what they're trying to do in terms of the the younger element coming in. But also, I think there's a balance there, isn't there? With the likes of Arturo Vidal coming in, who's older, more experienced, and now Kevin Prince Boateng, who's coming to fill a gap because Munir departing for Sevilla, so they needed cover. Um, it's not an easy sell, is it, to get a player to come to Barcelona to purely sit on the bench. So it is going to be that type of player. And in fairness, when we had him in La Liga for the year, Alas Palmas, he contributed, particularly for the first half of the, the what they had really successful, great to watch under Kike Setien, and he was a focal point of that. So he's got the talent, he's got the ability. Is he a long-term signing for Barcelona? Of course he's not. He's, he's on loan as it is, and, and I don't imagine he's going to be there next season. But he will he will contribute somewhat towards their sixty odd games that they're going to complete this season. The most criticised player, I think it's fair to say, Coutinho. Both Reese and Nick have, have asked us questions. Uh, just talk to us about Coutinho. How 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 badly is he struggling? Is it real his problems? Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's extraordinary. It turns round because. He made good progress last season, scored a goal in the cup final, um, and then started the season off really well. I think he's suffered slightly in the fact that it's been hard to pin down a position for him. Is he yeah. in the front three? Is he in the midfield three? They have played him in off four as well when they've played, chosen to play Dembele on one side, him on the other. But when it comes down to a straight choice at the moment, it has to, clearly it has to be Dembele. Now, that's changed completely in the space of two or three months because we were, if we'd have had this podcast two or three months ago, we would have said Coutinho was the starter ahead of Dembele, um, probably because he <laughs> didn't turn up on time <laughs> on a, a few occasions. And he's he's had to overcome that that issue because it, it's not great when you're a player of Dembele's age and you get the opportunity to go and play for one of the biggest clubs in Europe, in the world. You're playing alongside some of the, the, the biggest names in football, if not the biggest name in football, and they turn up on time, yeah. and you don't, and you're yeah. 21 years old, then it, it would have been easy for Valverde to dismiss that a long time ago. But we saw glimpses. I mean, he, he suffered last season with injuries, but we always saw glimpses. And now this season, I think we're seeing, in my opinion, a player that's got every possibility of emulating what Neymar did at Barcelona. So I think he's got the possibility to compete on level terms with Neymar I think that's how good he is it's just the problems you get with some young players and I'm not just talking about his timekeeping but the lack of responsibility on the ball and stuff like that which is learning the Barcelona way when to take loads of touches when to beat a player when to move the ball on as quickly as you possibly can with the minimum amount of touches I think he's he's coming to terms with that it's taken a while he hasn't done it as quick as say Artur 
who's come in and, and looks yeah, a yeah. Barcelona player yeah. from the first minute you put on the shirt and appeared in the first team. He picked it. That was his natural game. It's not Dembele's natural game. And it takes a while to learn. And, and if I'm being honest, Coutinho still hasn't got it. Yeah, he still doesn't know when to take one touch, two touch to run at players, to take people on. He gives the ball away cheaply. He gets caught in possession, and at this moment in time, he does look a player that's really suffering with a lack of confidence. And and at the moment, I'd have to say it's it's touch and go where this all ends because there has to be an upturn in his performance. Otherwise, he's going to find himself in the big games this season permanently on the bench behind Dembele. You know, sometimes, quite often, in fact, people say when, it, when a player goes for a huge transfer fee, media observers and fans say that puts pressure on them. Sometimes, you know, it's a good thing to have a massive transfer fee because it means the coach has got to stick with you. Yeah, it means he's, yeah, because yeah. Dembele, Dembele had cost ten million. He, they, they could have sacked yep. him off exactly when he was playing badly. Yeah, but they, they've got to find because they paid so much for Coutinho. No one's going to give them that money back, so they've got to do something with him. Not at the moment. Um, I don't think it's a million miles away from actually achieving what they paid, being worth that money they paid for him. I think if he continues his his progression, Dembele. Um, I think I think Coutinho has suffered as well. I remember Coutinho, Barcelona at the earlier in the season. I thought they were frightening teams with the left side of their team. So you got Jordi Alba, who's up and down, raiding up and down the left side, and they played Coutinho on the left of the three in midfield. And then played Dembele left of the three up front. So therefore, that, that I loved it. I thought it was a really nice triangle that Coutinho was happy to drift inside. Alba was flying up the wing. They were all linking up well with Dembele. And then all of a sudden, Artur appeared. Yeah. And then that filled up that third spot in midfield. So Coutinho then had to go into the front three. And his form wasn't good. He picked up an injury. Dembele takes the opportunity. His form has been outstanding. So it's kind of worked itself around that Coutinho hasn't found the place in midfield or up front. And it's it's difficult to see. Listen, I, I in a month's time, we could be talking, it could turn full circle mm. again. It could be Coutinho has a little spark, which gets his confidence back. He's flying again. And we know what a talent he, 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 he's shown in his short term at Barcelona. But obviously, the long, longer term, and he was at Liverpool. This is the thing, though. The, the transfer fees that they have paid for these guys is the thing that does disillusion one or two Barca fans, isn't it? Because people love the idea that they could still be producing players through the youth system, developing local players and all of that. That was It was such an exceptional period, it was, it was wasn't it? It was a one-off. Yeah. It's a, man, Manchester United did it years ago, didn't they? 92, obviously. Who's going to forget... Mm. We do get reminded of it on a few <laughs> occasions. And and they haven't been able to do it since. Very few teams get the opportunity to play six or seven, yeah. well-produced six or seven world-class players, all at different ages as well. So you had, when it first started on the Pep, you looked at the experienced players like Puyol, and it went right down to the Messi, who was young at the time. Pedro came into the team. Busquets came into the team. And of course, who can forget Xavi and Iniesta? Difference of ages between those two. So it wasn't as if they had four or five all come together at the same time. It was uh, Valdez was in goal. He'd come through the system as well. So it was just, it was phenomenal that you were able to do that. But you, no team produces another Xavi or Iniesta, let alone one team. So how, how the Barcelona are going to do that, I don't know. It's going to be hard for youngsters to. Crowbar their way into that team, um, as you know from all the big teams in Europe. It's not easy for young players to, to yeah. force their way in, so you have to be exceptional. You might have to go away and come back again, um, but that, that's not going to happen again. So therefore, Barcelona have to 
it surprised me actually how they've continued to keep spending. Well, yeah, they they can't, can they? They've got eighty percent. They've wages. found the market though, haven't they? In terms of, I mean, Everton took three of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, so they're relying yeah, on Everton a, a signing another load. A year ago, they were struggling to offload players, yeah. and all of a sudden, Paco Alcacer goes off and does well at Dortmund. Yuri Mina, they made a huge profit on him in a short ter- turnaround. Dina gets the move to, to Everton as well. Andre Gomez, they found the home for him on loan. And, and there is a market now, I think, where particularly Premier League clubs, because they're the ones that are going to be able to afford them. Denis Suarez is, is the latest one linked. A year ago, they were struggling to move him on. So there is a market for those players. And, and the, the Premier League, with the, the money they've got there, will look at the, the form of the, the recent Barcelona signings into the Premier League. And so they've, they've sold pretty well. They got money back for Paulinho, didn't they? They got decent money for him. Um, but it surprised me. The, the fees have surprised me. The wages at Barcelona don't surprise me. That's, I know it's a huge turnover and it, it's a huge percentage of their mm. turnover goes in wages. Um, but that's how it should be. For you want to be one of the giants of European football, it's you're having to pay better players than what you already got. It's going to cost you a huge sums of money. And then they've got to fit uh, Frankie de Jong into all of this come the summer as well. Having and supposedly the Ligt as well is another one that's possibly going to be coming to the club. You look at the the, the ages of those. Um, it's they, they they seem at least they're active in the in the transfer market. Um, so many clubs now. Spurs fan um, um, don't even move on players that they they're not using on a regular basis, and, and so at least Barcelona they there'll be other players that depart the club in the summer as well. Um, that's for, that's for sure. There always is um, players that don't contribute as much as some. They'll they'll try and look to strengthen that pit. So I think they're making great strides to make sure that the criticism of the last couple of years when they've failed in the Champions League has been the eleven, twelve, thirteen they rely on. Below that is a drop-off, and it's cost them. And it costs them because they play 60 games a season every year, and you need, at the moment, Messi, Suarez, Busquets, PK, those players to be playing pretty much every game to, for Barcelona to be at the, the top of the pile. And when they've had that drop-off, when they've rotated in the past, you could argue it's still happening now, but it results in the Copa del Rey. So that's where they need, need to strengthen. Right, we'll leave Barca there for now. Obviously, we'll They're come back fine. to them yeah. uh, in, in other weeks. Yeah, yeah. So far, yeah. so far, not bad. Uh, did anything happen at Real Madrid while we were away? Uh, yes, come to think of it, uh, they poached Julen Lopetegui from Spain. The federation then acted like a bad tempered toddler, smashed the World Cup. At least it worked out well for Lopetegui. He was <laughs> in the job. Goes full. Yeah, he was in the job until uh, almost November. Uh, 18 million euros did soften the blow. It has been a season. Of of shambles, yeah. Well, I don't know. You yeah. never know. That's because they're reported figures, aren't they? They always negotiate. Lawyers are always involved. It never. I don't think it ever works out that much in the end. Uh, Santi Solari, an old friend of ours from from yeah. Vista de la Liga days, uh, is the coach. No one expected that at the the start. I didn't of expect the season. his forthright way of managing either. No, no, because we can meet a nicer bloke. Could yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Really polite. Really, you know. Softly spoken, and then he's gone in and crash bang wallop, and heads are rolling. Um, players are moaning, supporters are moaning. Florentino Perez was moaning a little while ago, but slowly but surely, it's all coming together. And and weirdly, I, I believe this stat is right. The games played for points tally is exactly the same as it was this time last year. So they. There's always a crisis, it would seem, at Real Madrid. But there, there's a serious bit in there, isn't there? As you you gave this out earlier, but 
how many leagues they've won or they haven't won yeah. uh, in recent years. That's their issue, isn't it? That they can't compete with Barcelona consistently over 38 games. That appears to be the problem. And, and they have, they have, there's no doubt they've, they favour and lean towards Champions League football. Um, and despite them being as bad as they have been this season, and they have been bad, I've looked at you look at you look at their form, the results, the stats, particularly away from home. At the weekend, decent result away to Espanyol, but let's not go overboard. Espanyol have lost nine out of the last ten. So again, Real Madrid should be winning. They have suffered with injuries. Um but I wouldn't write them off again in the Champions League, as bad as they've been. They need their big players to be playing well and they, they currently Courtois doing all right, conceding goals though, but not his fault. Varane and Ramos have come Together, they're playing better. Marcelo's the exception. He's not playing well, so lost his place. Kroos and Modric appear now to have got over the expected World Cup hangover, mm. I guess. You can put it down to that. Modric being slightly older. Benzema's playing better. Um, Gareth Bale back from injury, scoring against Espanyol. So if, they're, if they've got their big players fit, then you can't write them off in the Champions League. I know there's no Ronaldo this year. Vinicius has been a, a bright spark. And I think Marcos Llorente and people that listen to the podcast know that I've been banging on about him mm-hmm. since he returned back from Alaves. They were forced to play him. Lopetegui yeah. never gave him a game. Solari never gave him a game. They used Tony Kroos as a holding midfielder at Eibar, where they lost 3-0. Casemiro was injured, so Marcos Llorente, it was almost, he had to play. He was the last resort for Solari. And then all of a sudden, everyone, oh, yeah, he's he can, actually quite good. He's, yeah. He can play. Yeah. So what that will do, that, there's a double bubble there because Casemiro has been coasting on Easy Street because no one there considered Urenti to be mm-hmm. worthy of competition for a place. And if Casemiro was injured or suspended, then someone else filled in Kovacic, someone else took on that holding midfield role. But now with the genuine competition from Marcus Urenti, Casemiro left up his game, and we've seen in the past he's one of those big players you talk about at Real Madrid that's contributed heavily to them to be winning so many Champions League. So I'd write them off in La Liga this season. Three weeks ago, there was an element of doubt in my mind that they would actually finish in the top four. They yeah. were that bad. Other teams were playing well. Sevilla were above them. Alaves were putting pressure on them. And it was a genuine concern when you saw the team that finished the game against Betis in particular. Brahim Diaz came straight in and made his debut. Vinicius was up front. They had a player called Christo G, who was centre forward when Benzema went off with his broken finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, that would have been good fun, I think, <laughs> on one of your intros in the podcast, if we'd been about a few weeks ago. But bravely, he's battled yeah, on. He's, he's battled on and, and scoring goals. Miraculous. Um, so the, the, they've still got the, the core, Ronaldo, it's the big mission, of course. Um, and they're buying players for not just next season, for years to come. Um, but that's a huge gamble. There's no standing still if you're a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. Um Match day 11, so beginning of November, Espanyol were four points and five places above Real Madrid. There's now a 15-point gap and 12 places the other way. It's yeah. a miraculous turnaround. We're, we're not, we won't spend a lot of time on Espanyol, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Isco, uh, however, uh, he's, he's probably the, 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 the big talking point with Real Madrid, isn't it? Salari just doesn't seem to like yeah. him, does he? No, and it's from day one. And, and I've been disappointed with the... Reception from the the media in Spain, who I joked earlier about being Isco's fault in the World Cup, that he's been blamed 
for Spain's failure in the World Cup on the back of not playing for Real Madrid. On the back of barely playing for Real Madrid under Solari, he's been blamed for all the, the defeats that they've had. Now, I get he, he's the type of player that needs to find his position in the team. Probably at Real Madrid he's never had, but then that goes back to Mesut Ozil, Kaka. Real Madrid haven't played that number 10 player for a long time now. It's 4-3-3, 4-4-2. Where do you fit Isco in? So I understand that element of where do you play Isco. Is he a winger? No. Is he a central midfield player? No. Is he one of the two strikers? Can he play one of the wide strikers in a 4-3-3? No. You probably squeeze him in on the right or left of a midfield three. Um, but there are other players at Real Madrid who, who do that job better. So it's a difficult one. Um, I can see why Solari, for that reason alone, is choosing to pick... I, Vinicius is a young one. Um, everybody at Real Madrid is pinning their hopes on a young eighteen-year-old being the the, mm. the future. You know, Messi, Neymar, whatever. Um, but I always and I can see the merits of Lu, of a Lucas Vasquez playing who works up and down and works hard. Um, but I just think Isco's quality player. Um, I'm a big fan, always have been. But if I'm being honest. He's probably sitting there now. He's got a decision to make. Does he wait to see if this manager gets a sack yeah. and hang around, try and outstay the manager? Yeah. Or does he move on and at his age, about 26 years old now, and play? Should be approaching his peak. There's only down, really, play isn't there? Peak. No, I. I or the, the, where no, Man City is somewhere? Yeah, I think there's different challenges, yeah. isn't there? But again, he's, he's not a luxury player, but he is a player that you have to build your attacking play around him. Mm. So his best position was at Malaga, where he played off the front. <laughs> um, he's not going to go back to Malaga, of course. But <laughs> that's, that's he needs a, a, a manager, a coach, a club to embrace that type of player. We're, we're, you know, you, you said Manchester City. David Silva has had that. Yeah, been afforded not their luxury because he's he's brilliant, David Silva. But he's been afforded that position at Manchester City, where he doesn't play wide in midfield. He doesn't play part of the front three. He's one of those gifted players that you never really pin down a player uh, a position for him, but just makes goals, score goals, runs games. Isco needs to try and find a coach that, or a club that will em- embrace that. It's not Real Madrid. Uh, will Solari stick around? Um. Champions League win is his only hope. Um, Good old Real Madrid. And then eh? he would get the first three months of the next season. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Lopetegui... I I was astonished when you said that amount of money because he's gone from the under-21 manager to a surprise choice of the national team manager where he was par for the course in getting them through to the World Cup finals. That was to be expected, isn't it? Spain are going to qualify for the World Cup finals. He didn't excel there. Fouled at Porto. That which, which was his only real yeah. job as a club coach. And so then, after being a surprise choice for Spain, he then gets a, the surprise appointment as manager of Real Madrid. So it, it didn't surprise me that it didn't go according to the plan of Florentino Perez. And the 5-1 Classico defeat was truly the, the final nail in the coffin for Julen. Uh, right, we hope one day to have some listeners uh, to the to, to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, apart from you, thank you for listening. Uh, so at some point in the future, adverts will start mysteriously appearing within the podcast. So we're going to have a little practice uh, ad break and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of La Liga.
University of Maryland Global Campus has been serving the military in Maryland and around the world for more than 70 years and online for over 20 years. UMGC offers more than 90 programs and specializations in career-relevant fields, transfer credits, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, and scholarships for those who qualify. Speak with our dedicated military and veteran advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the adverts. We're, we're, if you did, we're, we're doing very well at, at this stage. Uh, so best of the rest time. Uh, Eduardo Barrizzo, Leo Franco, Azia Garitano, Antonio Mohamed, all have in common. They've all been and gone. Yeah. Uh, since since <laughs> we last the recorded the podcast. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's sorry, that, sorry about that, guys. We, we missed you. Some uh, are familiar names, weren't they? Yeah. Barrizzo, but some, one or two others there that... Yeah. Completely erased from memory already. And and Terry keeps checking his phone to see if, <laughs> yeah. if Celta Vigo sacked another coach. Another coach, yeah. yeah. It's not unusual to go through three, possibly... F- Have we had four before? Oh, that's a good question. I don't I don't know. We've had a few three. Because if the Celta Vigo, they've lost five on the trot now. Yeah. He's had no impact whatsoever. Um, been hampered by the fact that Aspas has been injured for all five of those yeah but so, so that's but a huge still got Maxi Gomez who played yeah. incidentally everyone thought he was on the verge of a move to West Ham but played today um, against Vardalid and in the defeat there so we're, we're familiar times wasn't it we did check in the past yeah. on yeah. the day of recording the podcast there's any managers been sacked and I did check today and it looks imminent that he's going to be replaced tomorrow at Celta Vigo. In fact, Monty asks that question. Uh, what it, it basically asking about the time given to coaches. Is, is it right? Is it fair? Is it good for the club to be rattling through these guys? So oh, quickly? it's not what they want, is it? I mean, they, Antonio Mohamed was brought in at Celta and hoped that but it was going to work out. It, it didn't. They make the change quickly. Yeah. They look at Alaves probably last season who made their third change in December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And six points they had in December and then finished up mid-table. Mm. Um, and a continued great run of form with a fifth again this season. So th- that's what they're looking for. I think you, you can see signs, recognise signs as a president, chairman, owner of a club that it's not going in the right direction. And they're not alone, VRL. He must yeah. be under pressure as well. Oh, well, let's talk about them, shall Luis we? Luis Garcia what? Plaza. Yeah. No wins yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they've made... See, it's the biggest thing you do as a, as a president, isn't it, is appoint the manager. And since they sacked Marcelino, when they shouldn't have sacked Marcelino, yep. they haven't got it right with any of their appointments. I thought Kaeha was a terrible. Yep. I thought he made them worse, uh, taking over from Escriba, who wasn't a great manager anyway. Exactly. And then it doesn't seem to have improved. And, and what you've got is what looks pretty Good set of players. Still. Really good squad. Still, you know, still. I look the same at me, They've got four really good strikers, and he plays one. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. Um, and they've spent decent money on them. Gerard Moreno cost a fortune to get back yeah. from Espanyol. It can be cost a fortune. Back it cost a fortune. So why are they not playing two up front? Um, which is the, the what they've done in the past. Um, it drives me crackers. That VRL. I've mentioned it countless times on the podcast. They're a club that set up with a style of play, a system of play that goes right the way through to the boys of seven, eight years old, nine, ten, maybe older when they start playing eleven aside, and then continually each coach that's been in the last two or three comes in and doesn't play that system, which is. A back four, narrow midfield four, slightly bit a bit of a diamond, one pushing on, one central midfield player pushing forward, one sitting back, two narrow wide midfield players and two up front. And yet 
continually managers keep coming in and playing four two three one or four three three. And then they've spent all that money on all those strikers and not playing them. Um, two clubs who, again, if we recorded this a couple of weeks, a month ago, maybe uh, Valencia Athletic would have been talking about clubs in crisis. Oh, Marcelino was on the verge of yeah of being sacked. Yeah, um, but they're both. Well, that's the beauty of the league this year. You can two or three games. Valencia have gone from relegation issues to seventh. Yeah, and they're now two points behind Hatafe in the Europa League spot. This is a team that. I think we were all expecting on the back of finishing in the top four last year, we're going to continue that rise. That hasn't happened, but they're now not a million miles away. I mean, it's it's not impossible that they could finish top four again. Again, and that a squad that should be, it's brimming full of talent, should be doing far better than it is. They're seven points off Sevilla, who are going to play, I talked about Barcelona and Real Madrid, they're going to play, they could play 70 games this year, Sevilla. Cool. Yeah, they're all ready on. I think it's thirty nine yeah. played this season. They played. They've played twelve games in the Europa League. So if I hear anybody in England banging on about <laughs> playing on a Thursday night, playing in the Europa League, they're still in the Copa del Rey with a two 0 advantage over Barcelona. They played the European Super Cup. Um, I, so if I hear anyone banging on about big clubs in the Premier League that have got millions and millions and millions to spend on massive squads, complaining. Then you look at Sevilla. They lo- they loved that, that competition. They were desperate to finish in seventh. They sacked a manager, didn't they, to make sure they finished in seventh. Six qualifiers, six group games. Um, if they can do it, anyone can. So that for them to be in full position, a 5-0 win against Levante. It's a good squad. It's a strong squad. But it's, it's not a squad that's had hundreds of millions spent on it. But So it's there's every chance that Valencia... All of themselves are in the Europa League. Possibly could catch Sevilla in pretty much most of the second half of the season, but it's going to be tough for Sevilla to continue their form that they've shown. I hope they do because they're they're great to watch at the moment. Okay, so we've 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 ticked off a few clubs. We'll we'll come back. We'll spend a bit more time on all the clubs as we come back. We're 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 back again next week, same time, um, same place. Um, but Atletico, five one nil wins, seven draws since they last lost a game. Eleven draws. <laughs> In all competitions, obvious problems. Uh, they never have problems against Atafe. Beat them, yeah. That's, One that's, well, well, they lost to Celta early on, bizarrely, yeah. didn't they? And yeah. then got hammered by Dortmund. But that was that was a weird game. What's that game? It was it was an odd one because Dortmund will kill you on the break. Um, you know, they're, they're, I mean, it's, it's not the Bundesliga podcast. I'm sure there is one, so we're not going to talk about Dortmund. But you know, it's, it's a good story. It's, it, you know, it's, it's you can put a line through that one. I think for Atletico, um, which they have done, yeah, yeah. since then. But they do have problems, don't they? Uh, Richard says he loves Thomas Partey. However, more people want to talk about Maratta. Uh, Barcelona, the name, uh, wants... Uh, is Maratta a good signing is, is the basic one. I I unkindly quipped at the beginning about the, the last flicker of light going out from his eyes. He's either going to kill him or he's going to make <laughs> make him uh, going to play you know, for Simeone. There's a big issue here. that, And I was thinking about myself and then I saw an article with the list of players of failed signings under Simeone. Yeah. And do you know what? It's such a long list. He's got away with it. He really yeah. has. Yeah. I mean, there's a long list of players that are there half a season. Jelson Martins yeah. is the latest one. He's gone off to Monaco. Yeah, and all, all, well, not all, but largely talented attacking players. Exactly. Kalinic, I think, has, has done okay. Has yeah. cover for Costa. He's got more goals than Costa in La Liga this season. He looks like he's probably 
going to make way for Morata coming in. Yeah. Um, Jackson Martinez, Leo Bactista, who scored for Espanyol <laughs> today. There's, the list is endless. Churchy, Lesio Churchy, he came in. Carrasco came in. Lasted a bit longer than some of the others. Yeah. Um, so, but there is this element. That, uh, he was at Atletico as a youngster, wasn't he? Yep. That was his first club. I'm not suggesting he's he's doing a... Raul? Teddy Sheridan. I'm oh, right. saying that he supported every club that he <laughs> played for. <laughs> Teddy was a Millwall fan, Man United, Spurs. Oh, always loved West Ham when he went there. So I'm not saying he's doing that. But I think he has declared a, an affection for Atletico Madrid. I don't know whether he was, he was Atletico or a Real Madrid fan. And do you remember about three years ago when he was playing for Real Madrid against Atletico? It was it was quite a big story at the time. He, he was playing well at the time and he was not getting in as, as first choice. And the ball went out for a throw, and I think someone was injured. And Simeone, it was near the bench, and Simeone went oh, over yeah, and whispered, him, yeah, grabbed yeah, him yeah. and whispered. And everybody was aware that yeah. basically he was tapping him up. Yeah, in front of, don't get a game tens here, of thousands of come people and play here. on TV. They came up with some yeah. nonsense, didn't they? He was opening a bakery or something. <laughs> um, and he was good. Simeone claimed, I was asking him to, you know, yeah. for some, some shopping. It, well, it was so. I think it's been a long-term admiration, and he is the type of striker that fits the bill. How he's going to fit Macosta, I don't know. If no, I thought Morata. I liked him at Real Madrid. I thought he should have been given a fairer crack at a whip in terms of competing with Benzema. <clears throat> but that's been Benzema's domain now. He's seen off Gonzalo Higuain. He's seen off other strikers. He's always been the number one choice, rightly or wrongly. And when he first came to Chelsea, Morata, I actually thought. He started off well. I can remember him scoring a goal against Stoke where he run from the halfway line. He held off two defenders. He was quick. He showed his strength, showed his finishing. Then there was a period in that season last year where he then got left out and the rotation came in. Then they signed Giroud and it was, it, it become, it, it shook his confidence. Now I understand the question marks about his personality, his mentality, his determination, you could argue, to, mm. to stand up to that fight. Um, but I think if Simeone can crack him, and I mean in, in the right way, yeah. and get him to be that steely, determined, central striker that holds the ball up, that is aggressive, that doesn't get knocked about, gets his confidence back, I tell you what, that would be a hell of a front line with him and Costa. Yeah, like I say. Now, I know it, the issue breaking. there is Griezmann. Griezmann can play out wider, um, but we know Atletico play. They like to get the crosses into the box. That'd be an handful to for centre backs. If Morata is the aggressive, spiky player that Simeone wants to turn him into, alongside Costa with Griezmann on one side, Saul on the other, or Coco, that would be Thomas Lamar. Mind you, he might be one of those players that <laughs> falls by the wayside after <laughs> six months. He could be going out alone before the end of the week. I don't know, but there's, I can see what Atletico are trying to do. Um. Right, I've got a number of questions. We've got too many questions that we're going to have time to to, to get through. Uh, so, uh, we'll, uh, Joe, do you want the big clubs back or are you happy with the likes of Wesker? Wesker aren't going to be around uh, for long. No, no. Big clubs are doing quite well in the Segunda at the moment. We'll, we'll say that Matthew wants to know who's going down. Do you want to do no, a no. potted version of that? No, Wesker. Wesker. Yeah, and then... Two from. Yeah, mm. two from nine, ten. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. I mean, in Spain, we get this ridiculous situation of not the head to head, that's not ridiculous. I, I don't mind that. I, I think yeah. it, it stops teams being 
ultra defensive and yeah. going into games where they don't they know they're not going to win so they just avoid a heavy defeat park the bus don't try anything it stops that so I prefer the head to head but then we get that mini table nonsense don't we where you go yeah. into the last <laughs> yeah. week of the season it happened about Time flies. It might be. It was Betis went down. I think yeah, wasn't on it? forty odd points. And there was about yeah. six teams in the last day, and we had some stupid like four million permutations of <laughs> head to heads, mini tables, and stuff like that. And hopefully, we're going to get that. I'm pretty sure we're going to get that this season. Yeah, it's we haven't got a stats department to work it out for us anymore, Terry. I mean, that's, that's too much got, maths. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, leave that to you, yeah. Ryo have won three and drawn one in the last four. Yeah, it's shown signs of life. You keep thinking Villarreal are going to do better, but they're not. Athletic Bilbao changing managers works wonders for them. They should never have been down the bottom. So they're they're climbing out of it. Vidalier ticking over. Girona, uh, surprisingly, quite near the bottom, but are ticking over. Leganes are a really tough team to beat. Abar, it's the bottom half of the division could all be in trouble of a relegation battle. Right. One last question. It'll have to be a quicker answer. Uh, I, I'm sure you could say loads about it, but Gav wants to know Betis. In short. Whatever happened to always watch Betis? Yeah, I know. Do you know, I watched them the other week. I watch them every week, which is a tough, tough watch. <laughs> I would hate to be a striker for Betis. Right, because you'd never... You'd never get the, you'd never <laughs> get the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ball's that, never put that, in the box. That small no technicality. One it. Yeah. No one slides you in behind. Whichever forward you play up front, they barely have a touch of the ball. Yeah. They barely have any chances. And yet, people, you moan at them. You look at them and go, ineffective. Mm. But they're not getting any service. They have to take more of a risk. Um, the balance was out, wasn't it, when they were losing game 6-4 and 7-5. Yeah. So that's why it was great to watch. Then they turned it round and did really well and finished the Europa League spot last year. They're doing well in, in that competition. But they have so much possession. There's now a fear. Almost like, I hate, I'm not a fan of stats, and the one I particularly don't like is the passing stats. In, because it do, it doesn't give a fair always a, a true reflection on the game, so you could have a player who like Isco, just yep. one off the top of me, would be more daring with his passes than say someone like Casemiro, yeah. in the same team. Casemiro's job is to win the ball and give it simple. Yeah, that sort of player, Busquets is a little bit more adventurous than Casemiro, but that type of player, their job is to keep things ticking over. So. You expect them. You can have centre-halves at Betis that have 100 passes a game and their passing stat ratio, good passing, is 98%. But they they don't do anything with it. Then you get someone like Canales who might try a, a more dangerous pass. Three or four might be wrong out of 10. His stats don't look so good. And it looks to me like Betis got a whole team of players that are worried about the stats that the manager possibly delivers to them after a game and says, you had 100 passes... 95 are accurate but so that you take away that they're not allowed to dare to do anything but in the attacking Palmas half team, the pitch P.K. Setien's last Palmas team wasn't like that they played with flair they, they were in a relegation for half battle. a season yeah and yeah. then fell apart didn't it yeah but it, it fell apart when he decided he was leaving he was leaving yeah so he had, he had about a year but they were playing with flair that the amazing goal that Kevin Prince Boateng scored yeah. that is all over uh, Twitter and everything oh, again brilliant uh, yeah. which, which was magnificent, and it had uh, Tanner back healing it. It had us, you know, that there was a purpose to that team. They, they weren't, as good, they didn't have the resources. They go through whole had. games now with barely an attempt on goal. Yeah, and seventy odd percent possession. Their last really good game was against away to Barcelona. Yeah, and they won four three. Yeah, since then it's been they barely scored goals. 
they barely look like scoring goals. Um, they don't concede many. Um, so I, I've got them down as a, they're flatlining. I've got ticks for teams that are on the way up. Valencia, Athletic Bilbao, Alaves have been unbelievable this year. Yes. Levante are surprisingly are further down the league than you would expect, but they've excelled this year as well. Um, Hatafe, another wonderful story from Hatafe again this season to at this stage of the season to be in sixth, Alaves in fifth, Sevilla was surprised, um, but Betis, I'm, I've got them as flatlining and league table doesn't look too bad. They're in eighth position, but they've got to score more goals. Yeah, so hipsters. Take more chances. You don't have to support Betis anymore if you're a hipster. You've, you've got free choice, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Go go where you like. Let's have a quick look at the, the poll results. Yeah, predictable democracy. Yeah, yeah, go on then. Um, <laughs> Messi's winning uh, with 58% of, 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 of the vote. Well, we were touching go wherever to include yeah, it, weren't yeah. we? Because it wasn't one of Messi's best games, but yeah. it, he, he was still good. Yeah, Benzema 29 Cherishev six and then Nesri seven. It does that add up to about a hundred. Um, so yeah, uh, we, 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 we don't have to miss Messi out of, of this. Uh, but anyway, so well or, done. Or any Barcelona Real Madrid player. Yeah, well that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's not going to be yeah. the the case, is it? Con- congratulations, Leo. Well played. Legan supporters have done well there. Was it seven seven <laughs> percent? That's it for now. We'll get to those stories that Terry mentioned uh, when we're back next week. We'll try to make sure that we're on iTunes next week as well. But please subscribe wherever you're listening. Tell your friends we no longer have the marketing power of Sky Sports. So we need you and then we'll need your help. We're going to start banging on about Patreon and and, and all of that. But uh, we will be back. We'll be talking more Spanish football. Enjoy your Spanish football and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.
If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a park ranger, but the only quotes they'd probably give you would be about the beauty of a fallen leaf or ripples in a pond, not the kind that could save you money on your policies. Or you could talk to your local Geico agent, who's an expert navigator of the insurance landscape. They could use their expertise to guide you on ways to save hundreds on your policies, while leaving it up to your park ranger to save the wilderness and any endangered picnic baskets. Go online to geico.com local to find a Geico agent near you.